All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new timber tech deck designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peachtree's 5th next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new PA contractor number PA039007. The Park Diner, serving Lawrence Park and beyond since 1948. Fresh locally roasted coffee is always on the menu and goes great with a slice of house-made pie any time of day. Yes, even for breakfast. Lunch features Park Diner's original Greek sauce recipe handed down from owner to owner, plus daily soup, sides, and more. Quality food at affordable prices. Served in an authentic Silk City dining car. Experience the classic charm of the Park Diner. Open Tuesday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Main Street in Lawrence Park. Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. I want to welcome in uh, to the program here, Mr. Jesri Friend. He's a political consultant. And uh, uh, Jesri, I tell you what, uh, it's... uh, it was quite a whirlwind overnight, uh, uh, as uh, you know. In my one sentence analysis, big night for Democrats, uh, both locally, statewide, and across the country. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. It was great <laughs> to do this. The next day, the day after, we should maybe come up with the a series after, of characters. Yes. Like, you know, bump, 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 dun, dun, dun. Like yeah. here, here we go. Um, so, well, okay. So, I mean. Just gut thirty thousand foot view. Do you agree? Big, big blue night. Oh, yep, yeah. That's there's no way around it. Uh, it, it we'll dive into some more things on why that was, and, right. and I think some of the factors, and then even the disparity on how some of the polling doesn't even reflect some of what the outcomes were. Oh, so that's interesting. So, so like people were surprised. Not, not surprised. I guess I'm more talking about like uh, national uh, numbers with like President Biden's approval mm. ratings and how that's completely inverse of the results we just saw. Sure. But yes. Wow. Uh, in short, so many missed opportunities. We can get into some of those. Um, some surprises at the at the local level. I'm sure you may have already yeah. mentioned or talked about. People have seen some of the news coverage on that. Uh, uh, so there's a lot to unpack here, as there always is after elections. There's some there's some close ones. There's ones um, there's a lot left on the table. There's a lot um, I want to get into messaging stuff that wasn't used. Interesting. Um, and then obviously the one issue that was being repeatedly used as the dominant of what has motivated voters and was no dancing around it was the abortion issue. And we'll get into why that was and where it was played and was that fair. Well, it makes me, you know, sometimes I wonder when it comes like, especially to certain issues that are huge, you know, in the in the mainstream media, are they necessarily the issues that drove people to the polls? But I got I got a sense that at least for last night on a national level, it was I mean, there was just a lot of feedback saying that uh, the you know, the the big uh, amendment in Ohio, the uh, the pro-abortion approach of Brashear was it Brashear in Kentucky, in Kentucky governor. the governor I mean um, just kind of blowback from a lot of the GOP states 
who you know really did six week abortion bans, fifteen week abortion bans, and so on. I mean that that seemed to be a driver yeah. to get people to the polls. Uh, in well, one hundred percent was, and and it, there's the smoking gun there. So, uh, you know, it's a numbers game. You could agree or not agree that it was a driver, it wasn't, or it should be, or it shouldn't. But the reality is, uh, you mentioned Ohio and Kentucky, so I'll hit you with a few numbers. Uh, you look at a, a state like Kentucky, President Trump won that uh, by 26 points, right? A landslide slaughter by every definition in, in the political world, right? However, Bashar, a Democrat, easily won re-election. Re-election, meaning this is his second go-round at it. Uh, there are many more um, Republicans and Republican voters in Kentucky, and yet there's a Democrat voter twice. Why? Now, Rashar will, will mention that he talked more about kitchen table uh, politics, and that might be true, mm-hmm. but we saw the uh, demographic voting block being female vote, super, super high, number one issue on all the out, um, exit polling, abortion how it affects them in the future. In fact, there's a huge upswing amongst Republican women who are voting concerns about abortion issues, et cetera, in their states. And then the other one you mentioned was Ohio. And what you were, uh, for those that don't know, there was an issue on the ballot called Ohio issue uh, number one. And here's the numbers to look at. It, uh, Ohio has, it's really not really a swing state anymore. It's a Republican state. The last red, yeah. three, four presidential elections. Mm-hmm. The last two in 2020, uh, 53.3% went to Trump as opposed to 45 to Biden. So that's a 7.8 point, sw- eight point swing. 2016, 51% to Trump uh, opposed to 43% to the Democrat. So again, big jump. Now looking at 53 and 51 for the red side. On the issue of abortion, that passed yesterday, 57% to 43%. That is a, shoot. Yeah, well, it's six point. You say fifty. Well, you go 40. from forty-five up to fifty-seven. That's a twelve-point yeah. 12 swing. Twelve-point, yeah, wow. Within two years, a twelve-point mm-hmm. swing and changing of voting patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's to be noted. Yeah. So. And they're saying the same thing about Pennsylvania and the Supreme Court. They're saying, yeah, you know that uh, the McCaffrey win for Supreme Court was all about, you know, kind of a a pro-choice, pro-abortion uh, uh, approach to the campaign. And uh, and that you know put him over the top, even even with the heavy spend by Carluccio, uh, heavy spend by McCaffrey too. By the and, way, in fact, yeah. he had more money poured into his race than Carluccio. Carlu- it just it seemed here and eerie. At least the TV I was watching was heavy Carluccio. You know, yeah. uh, as a millennial, I didn't see any of that stuff because really? <laughs> I watch streaming services and you know limit my exposure to to those sorts of things. So that's the other thing is the median in which advertisement to reach voters has changed drastically, which really is going to kind of dovetail into the lack of use of mail in balloting for the Republican Party is completely oh. left on the table. Yeah, it's it's. It's terrible. I love basketball. I was listening to Pastor Matt before I coached third grade basketball myself. Right? Did you really? Yeah. I still with my kid. Yeah. And Ezra, if you're listening, do your homework when you get home. <laughs> They're probably driving home from school right now. Right. What's up, Silas and Lila? Um, <laughs> my point is, you can be upset and say, "Here's my basketball analogy." I don't like the three point line. It shouldn't be there. It takes away from the finesse of the game. No one wants a deep shot, so I'm never going to take three point shots. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing Great. all layups. Steph Curry has made a career on taking deep <laughs> three-point shots, and he's really, really prolific at it. Yeah. 
And that has been the Republican stance, the Republican Party's stance up until this past year. Now they've tried this bank the vote thing in its infancy. The problem is they have to, now they're finally realizing we need to catch up. They have to play catch up to something that the Democrat Party is now improving on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that it's, you know, here we are over, well, it's three years, four years since Act 77 was passed. We are in our, we're at the end of our third full cycle with mail-in ballots, yet it's like we don't, it doesn't even look like we have a plan on the GOP side to maximize mail-ins because it's not just getting that form to apply in people's hands, which we had several at our house, several of the postcards, hey, fill out an an application for a mail-in. It's the it's the follow up. It's yeah. the texting. It's the whole activation of the low propensity voter. Yeah, and and that starts at the top and works your way down. It should be a part, you know, just like any leadership, the state party should set the direction, set the tone, give instructions, carried out by the county chairs, by the foot soldiers of the committee folks. I talked to a committee folk person this morning in a work powwow who happened to be a committee person. He goes, "Hey, I never even received instruction on these sorts of things." Wow. Would have loved to have done that. There's no advocacy being done right now. And so it's not enough, you know, if, if you're of that persuasion, it's not enough to uh, want to win. The other side wants to win. You have to hate losing enough to make a change. And you could be upset that you hate losing. What are you going to do about it? Mm. Uh, Jesri Friend is with us here. I, well, let's keep uh, on the Nationals okay. for a couple more minutes because uh, we have plenty of time to get to the local races. I'm interested in how you think about the president's low approval numbers. Yeah. And if they're, they're a drag at all on some of these national issues, you know, a full year before 2024. Well, I'll tell you his low approval numbers. And this is what I was referring to at the beginning of this conversation should have been, if I don't know what political consultants are being paid just so much money and no one cares about accountability anymore. Fair or unfair, it would behoove Republican candidates to tie Democrat, their opposition candidates, to Biden's low approval numbers. The same way, by the way, uh, Democrats' uh, campaigns uh, historically the last several years have done to every Republican candidate is, well, they're Trump. And that's the end of it. Oh, they're, they're a Republican. There's an R next to name, so they're just you know as bad as Trump if you don't agree with Trump, right? And so that's the, it's lazy, um, but it's the low-hanging fruit. And it's a political game. And you know just because you don't like the game doesn't mean you don't play it. Uh, it's seemingly, from my observation, maybe someone could tell but me. But can I was you wrong. really can you really tell you know this school board member will vote you know oh, to, you know yeah, with Nancy it's, Pelosi it's every time you know? exactly <laughs> it's absurd um, and you saw some of those uh, it's actually a, you mentioned the school boards that was some surprising turnouts I saw in more rural areas like Northwestern School District General McLean School District who are very red areas mm-hmm. and we saw. Not only uh, some blue seats be taken, but some serious inroads being made. Um, interesting. And that, if I was a, the if I was the chairman, I would take note of these things. Yeah, yeah. So, so bottom line, as far as as far as the you know where Biden is at and attitudes about Biden, didn't seem to make that much of a difference yeah. down down it, bow at least this year so far. It didn't transfer, but. You know, you may have mentioned, but there was a New York Times Siena poll that came out this week where it had Biden trailing a, you know, if it Trump is the nominee uh, by 
uh, five states, Pennsylvania being one of them, all of them being six swing points states. here. Yeah, six points. Wow. Now, and now look at that. Talking about what we just saw, we saw. So if Biden is trailing in by six, uh, McCaffrey just won by forty five yeah. seven, points. Seven. Points, seven yeah. Oh my yeah God. Five points. Yeah. Six, yeah, yeah, six yeah, points or so. Yeah, so literally, yeah. that's actually a six points flop the mm, other direction. Correct. Twelve points in baseball, the opposite way, right? Like in your standings. So that's insane. Yeah. That someone at that level wasn't tied there, and yet there's that much wiggle room. It's also to be noted is the ever increasing uh, registration of independent voters. There's so much. I want to say apathy because there isn't. You know, we saw thirty what six percent voter turnout in in mm-hmm. Erie County, thirty five point eight or something. Yeah. Um, so not terrible, terrible for an off year election. What they call those. Right. Um, our numbers have gotten better, by the way. We always complain about our numbers, and I'm probably one I of them too. I think the mail ins are being accepted by a geriatric electorate in Erie County. Well, also a low propensity voter, right? A low propensity voter. Uh, those who aren't as motivated by it, they're registered for it. They don't go out of their way to do it. But if you make it convenient, you know, uh, we should, I- I'm, I'm for many options for voting. I think you should make it as easy as possible for folks. Is it, does this, in in your political consultant world, does this uh, situation with low propensity voters turn things on its ear that makes the super voter not as desirable on a marketing standpoint vis-a-vis the low propensity voter. It used to be all I got to do is is play a spot in Jeopardy because that's where all my super voters are, mm-hmm. and then I'll be able to you know communicate my Republican candidate in Jeopardy and to all my super voters and. And where we're really where a lot of the money is going to, and the strategy on especially on the Democratic side, is this low propensity voter and converting them. Yeah, it's those are your, those are your votes in the bag, you know. So I mean, not that they don't matter, but you know what they're going to do. You mean your super voters? Your super yeah. voters. So I mean, I, this is, it's a common mistake. Uh, mistake, by the way, of uh, first time candidates. If there's any would be candidates out there listening, here's some free advice. Um, stop going to the same meetings with the same 30 people show up who are already going to vote for you. Right. You should be talking to new people every day. So yeah, if you're trying to, one is, it's two messaging, by the way. It's that independent, uh, if you're in a competitive district, we'll say, and you're to the independent voter who's going to vote, it's the message, why me over them is the value proposition. If it's the low propensity voter who's strictly a uh, party affiliation voter, it's going to be, uh, get them to turn out. And so you have to have a message on why it's important for you to be mobilized. Yeah. In this case, the mobilization message was abortion. Yeah. And they tied it on on many fronts. Many or fronts. or this guy's too tied to Donald Trump. Yeah, and, it's still and, the and, kind and, of the well, boogeyman well, kind of narrative for sure. All right, Jezri, uh, you know, let's not bury the lead much longer here. Um, let's go to the state for a second. And again, it was McCaffrey for Supreme Court. It was uh, Beck and Lane for Superior Court. And, and uh, the closest a, re- a Republican got in those races is Maria Batista came within 50,000 votes-ish, 55,000 votes, uh, you know, uh, to Lane. But again, a sweep. And then you go to uh, Commonwealth Court. Again, a Democrat victorious by over 100,000 votes. 
Mike, I mean, shouldn't heads roll in the Republican Party? They should. The problem is they just did the last session cycle. Oh, did they? Did they blow out everybody? Again? And so there was. A, there's a lot of new faces uh, within the state GOP. Yeah. Um. So what do you do? Do you, you know, you're, it's the Chicago Bears situation. Do you mm-hmm. start over with what you already have, or do you kind of build on what you got? And so I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that here's, one. Here's what's uh, confusing to me is for for municipal elections. The the conventional wisdom was always, well, you know, those kids don't vote in the in in the uh, the local elections, and so you you gotta appeal to the seniors because they're gonna they're they're your tried and true workers, and and generally the older you are, the more conservative you are, and so, I, and not that there are not you know sure. old lefties, I mean there are, but uh, but the the sheer volume of Democratic vote that we saw in PA and in Erie County is just, was just a force to reckon with. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's fundamentals, because that still holds true. Um, it is the majority of people are voting are over the age of 40, right? And, you know, the retired age to over the you know, 65 plus is a huge swath. Uh, and then also that 45 to 65... That's still your bread and butter. That's still mm-hmm. where you're focusing your messaging. Yeah, you want to turn out some of those younger voters, but at the end of the day, I'm one of them, right? I'm I'm, I'm in my 30s. We're fickle people, especially those that are younger than me that are just becoming of age to vote is short uh, bandwidth. But and, don't you see them kind of, you know, being consequential more and more as uh, as time goes on here? They are. Okay. Uh, and you can't ignore them, I, you know, not at all, but it's still not enough to overtake changing messaging system and to completely nosedive to their, you know, interest because that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is Medicaid, <laughs> Medicare, you're going to be talking stuff about that, healthcare issues, you know. Um, you know, maybe some of it, obviously, uh, the, with the abortion being uh, such a hot button issue on both sides, yeah. um, that changes on your messaging to the female demographic, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what it appeals to more so than the male demographic. So, those are the things that are still going to carry the messaging of campaigns uh, as we progress. And then, as you mentioned, it is why I don't really see a future where all the messaging is going to be tailored to the younger generation is eventually that younger generation is not going to be the younger generation. And that younger generation is going to have the problems that I have where I've got children now. And I want, you know, lower taxes, good schools, all the stuff that, you know. Um, and so you become less of a social justice warrior. <laughs> you would. The, well, that's what studies, get, that's what research yeah. shows. And yeah. just kind of what life deals to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, is there anything to unpack as far as the statewide races? Uh, again, you really plugged into Harrisburg. What is, what is the, um, the vibe coming out of this, the state races? Yeah, I talked to some folks this morning. Um, people are licking their wounds, if you will, if you're on the Republican persuasion on that, trying to figure out what we do next. Um, I will say I thought 
uh, Carluccio had a chance yeah. um, because of... She did win in Erie County. And she did. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> and so I'm glad you did. So let's yeah. jump into that, looking at it. So I have this theory, and I mean, not this theory, but like I like to constantly proselytize, right? Like Erie County is the bellwether of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Bucks County be darn. Right. <laughs> uh, Lackawanna was a fluke. Yes. Uh, or Luzerne or whatever. Luzerne yes, was a fluke. Luzerne. Erie County still is the bellwether. So... I'm looking at those numbers coming in. I'm following Erie, not as much as State, all night last night because just like the rest of you nerds, I was up till one in the morning watching this Ugh. stuff, doing my math in my bed, my wife telling me to keep it down, mm-hmm. um, and then getting up at you know six this morning to go, <laughs> go do work and everything <laughs> right. else. Uh, and, and so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, Carluccio. She's running a tight ship. She starts catching, catching, catching. Wouldn't you know it? She won by, uh, what, 800 votes, I want to say? No, less than that. 600, about 600 votes. Wow. Yeah. Um, in Erie County. So, exactly. If the bellwether status of Erie would hold true, she wins by 600. That's really low margins. That's less than a percent, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's within the margin of error to do something statewide. Well, then we see she loses by six. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I saw so Erie County is, was off on that one. But then we see on the other side, um, looking at, uh, Megan Martin and, and, and Matt Wolf for a Commonwealth Court, a lot less money and, and attention spent there. Um, and yet we saw some of those numbers actually reflective of what happened okay. in the state. So, yeah. So it's interesting what happened that why Carluccio do so much better than everyone else in just Erie. Um, I think I at least the media that I was consuming. Yeah, she was pretty dominant there. Just everybody's been wanting to hear about your thoughts on the local races, and uh, we'll start uh, right with the with the countywide races. Well, let me no, let me start this with with turnout, okay? Because um, mail ins, check this out, mail in voters. Uh, what was it? Uh, there were eighteen thousand seven hundred, of which I think I had it four to one, like eighty percent of the mail in ballots were. Democrat ballots and uh, 20% were Republican ballots. Isn't that right there just cause for absolute heartburn? Because basically all night, the GOP is trying to fight back with their in-person ballots if they can't make more headroom on the mail-ins. On the day of, right. Yeah. And that goes back to the... uh you know the const- the, the the narrative right now among some people in the uh, Republican circle statewide is... To the Democrats' credit, uh, they are well-oiled machine. They're mm-hmm. very organized, and they're getting people, you know, voting for three weeks or more when Republicans are trying to get the turnout for one day. So, basketball analogy: if you get more times to shoot, if you get more foul shots than the other team, you have a better chance at winning. I like your basketball. Yeah, analogy. I got basketball in the head like crazy <laughs> lately. You should see my social media. It's all basketball drills for kids. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, no, I mean, you're, you're right. You're basically, you have no idea. Even that super voter, that uh, 55-year-old super voter, they don't know that, that their, their daughter is going to want them to watch the kids because something came up at school or at work or whatever, and all of a sudden, their time slot that they thought they were going to go vote sure. just vanished. I mean, and then you're done. You lose a voter. It happens all the time in everyday life. So this yes. is just one thing. People forget. I had a guy... 
at work yesterday who's new, by the way. So he doesn't know me well. Mm. And he goes, oh, I didn't know in his election today. And like four people looked at him like, ah, don't say that around Jezri. <laughs> this is his thing. So, but my point is, so here's this. Like not only does those situations come up, if you're a Republican, both statewide and here in Erie County, you are at a voter registration disadvantage. You're already starting in the hole. You are, yeah. You have less people to pull from and more people to try to convince. Mm-hmm. And you're going to further limit yourself. Like you're already playing with a hand tied behind your back and you want both of them. So to me, that fails the logic test on why would you not implement every you know opportunity and resource you have legally to do yeah. to do. Let's get to the individual races here. We'll start with, uh, like I said, the county-wide, uh, the judgeship. Uh, that was a, um, you know, a clean race, but uh, it, it turned out to be significant win for Pete Sala yeah. over Eric Mikovich. Pete had, uh, you know, narrowly uh, lost the 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 Republican um, nomination, uh, but. Uh, you know, a lot, lot of people like these two candidates, but uh, Sala, be, having been his second time through, yeah. had the name recognition probably. Yeah, it was... Um, and the, he was a Democrat, too. Sure, so he had every advantage of the voter registration. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we see, so he lost, you know, in this race, uh, Eric Mikovich lost to Pete Sala by 9,000, almost on the nose. Yeah. But just looking at Erie County numbers, we also saw Carluccio win by 600. So it's we're looking at, you know, an 8,400 vote swing here where there was that many people who flipped one way or the other, right? So when I say this, there's a lot of voters in play that is, that makes, still makes Erie County competitive, but your message has got to be right or you got to reach them. You could have the right message and still not reach them, is my point. Um, So we're talking this, there's there's 9,000. I want you to say that again. You could have the right message and not reach them. Uh, So that that sounds like the media is not effective enough. Yeah, I mean a lot of these a lot of these guys will pay consultant, you know, hundred grand and say, yeah, send four mailers out for me and that'll be it. It's got to be targeted. Your message Dude, has got to go be right in my recycling. Well, it does for you, but it doesn't for for my demographic. So there's a whole science behind that. For okay. someone like you, it's got to pass the three second test. Yeah, the three second test is I open my mailbox, I'm looking at my paper. Joel Natale for mayor, garbage can. I've got to pass that test. Natale, mayor, garbage can. Natale, and I get that five times. Oh, now I got a little bit of name ID. Oh, I see my neighbor has Natale for mayor, yard sign. And so there's kind of like this rule of like six points. And if you can get an undecided voter to six points, it's your voter. Mm. So Erie County has, as according to just this stuff, about call 9,000 or so, give or take, probably a little more, maybe 30. It's actually, I think the number from last time I saw from the midterms, it was around 13,000. There's about 13,000 voters countywide, realistically, in a higher turnout election that are completely in play. And That's it, out of 170 And what's more is a good consultant, if he's got his data down or her has his data down, they know who those people are. Yeah. So you're targeting those people. So the message you're getting at your mailbox being a different demographic than me, mm-hmm. that message should be different than the one I'm receiving. Absolutely. If we're both uh, persuadable voters, right? Mm-hmm. So when you think about oh, all this, you know, 177,000 registered voters in Erie County, you're really only targeting 13,000 if you're running countywide. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? You go to their doors, wow. you send them mail, you do digital ads, you put signs in their neighbor's yard, you go on TV, you definitely advertise on Talk Erie Radio. <laughs> I love it. There's yes. my shameless plug. <laughs> you're welcome. Hey, uh, thank you. 
but but so so there is there is a, there's a very real science. It's an algorithm. It's yes. it's, it's actually a very simple math. Um, now, I just want to make a couple points about the the uh, judge race. Yes. Um, Pete Sala had ran uh, previously, gave him some name ID. He has a good name in the community. He mm. ran a great campaign. It was organized. He had this thing planned out two years in advance. He was coalition building. I say that again for anyone who wants to run a, an effective campaign, something that uh, you know Persinger really did well, obviously didn't win, but back when was was the coalition building. And what I mean by that is having different subsets and factions within our communities that are not just your supporters, but going to bat for you. Um, that can be uh, faith-based groups. That can be uh, social groups. There's a lot of different things where you could do, and you, and you lean on these folks. Pete Sala did that very well. Um, he did that early on. So it was kind of an early bird gets the worm there. He had it. Be- it, was, it was out of everyone's reach before it started. Um, now, i got to give him credit. I... Uh, during the primary, was surprised on how well he did. I figured he'd do okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I was I was actually very surprised on how well he did on the Democrat side in the primary back in May. Once we saw that, just running the numbers, it was a tough, tough hill for Eric Mikovich uh, to overcome. Um, I saw the interview that Mikovich did last night, and I thought he was spot on and well well spoken, well said on his part, saying, "Hey." I'm to quote him. He said, "I'm very proud of the race that we both ran. Neither side of them, to their credit, went negative. No, no one said anything nasty. They both uh, kept their reputations intact. Um, and as an attorney, Mikovich being still in town, he might have to go up against <laughs> Cesala right, yes. at some point. So, exactly, yeah. uh, good on him for keeping it above board. If should he choose to run again." Um, you know, he, he's built his name ID out. It, it may bode well for him another time. Let's keep moving. Uh, county controller ended up being uh, a bit more expensive than yeah. I thought it would be. Kyle Faust, uh, with the, you know, the long-term, uh, county name recognition yeah. and, uh, handily, uh, beat Wade Root. Thoughts on this race? Yeah. Faust has the name ID. He's been around yeah. for a long time. He was on county council. He was on, um, He's the incumbent, and every I mean, his incumbent. His dad was Paul Faust, you know. Yeah. So same seat. When you have the name, it really goes a long way. And so, name idea is everything. It's literally a thing we were just saying. What will help Mikovich should he choose to run down the ride? What it helps Sala this time? Mm-hmm. It, name idea was huge there. Um, and he ran uh, a decent campaign in that he spent a lot. I saw a lot of ads for him as well. Uh, Wade Root spent a lot. Um, it's hard with those races to come up with effective messaging because it is the controller's race. It is not a sexy race to try and have this kind of heart pull. So then it kind of goes to coalition building. It kind of goes to friends and family. And, um, and it, it went negative. Wade Root went after Kyle Faust, you know, saying that he wasn't around or whatever, you know, yeah. I, you know, and so you again, do these consultants come up with these well, narratives and we can get upset that that goes that route, but that is a strategy. You, when you start to see that, uh, the reason why a consultant would say so, tell someone to do that, whether you like it or not, here's the reality. You would do that because you're doing some polling, perhaps, and you know where your numbers are, and you know what their numbers are. Mm-hmm. And you might know what the persuadable numbers are, and you haven't made enough to get there now. So what what a negative campaign will do is neutralize their votes. We saw this with the Carluccio campaign against uh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey yeah. and pulled up some of his stuff. Hey, mm-hmm. maybe they won't be a Carluccio voter. Just don't vote for him because of his negatives. Interesting. All right, let's get to county council. Um, 
no, I mean, honestly, not a lot of surprise until we get to District 5. So, uh, District yeah. 1, Terry Scatella. Now, I consider Mill Creek kind of a purple district. Yeah. You know, District 1 could go either way. Uh, but Terry Scatella, it again, is Democrat. a known name from yeah. school board. Yeah. And, and, and our, you know, he was appointed to that position after Kim Clear went to Mill Creek Township Supervisor. Correct. So it's the first one he, he had to actually be elected to. Yeah. So he had the advantage of the incumbency-ish. But again, uh, he, if you go back to, he actually ran for that seat the first time against Kim Clear and lost in the primary. And it was yes. very close, actually. Yeah. Kim Clear squeaked by that. Eventually, she resigned her position to take uh, when she won the supervisor position in Mill Creek. Uh, so he, he had already ran in that sense in that first primary uh, four years ago. Run again, uh, won handedly this time. Uh, Kyle or Cody Faust, not related by the way to Kyle Faust. Right. You would think that Faust name may carry over. Maybe it did a bit. That's, that's usually the helpful, guy did put in know? some work. He put in some mailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got after the doors. He had some signage out in town, not a lot. But Scatella didn't really either. His campaign, from everything I saw, being a West Mill Creek guy, I didn't see much of a presence from him. Um, but it was, I think, at the end of the day, it was name ID familiarity. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he runs again. He's 74. He'd be okay. 78 if he runs again. Um, it is it kind of a purple area. It's just West Mill Creek. It's not even all of Mill Creek. Okay. Bell Valley is included in what is the Rock Copeland district gotcha. now, um, which was uh, that's, um, that's third three. district. We're going to talk about that next. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, District 3. Sure. Again, uh, mostly West eerie you know the you know uh what is that the sixth ward and yeah. and you know a west lot of Erie west in the, Erie bell in the bell valley um pretty heavily blue as it is that seems like a, how it turned out but really honestly i'd say kim hunter gave it a, a good uh, honest try and really on election day was within uh, 500 votes or so uh, 502 to be exact 532 excuse me Except she was already down two thousand coming but she into was down 2000 going coming in. into it and only had five hundred mail in herself. Yeah. So the, and yep. there it is. So yep, um, yeah, she gave it the good old college try. Um, I don't think much money was on, on spent on her side. Uh, I didn't low. see much from Rock Copeland either. I mean, some signs. He had some some signage, but that one was on the wall. That's a yeah. primary one. Everyone knew that's where it was. Um, It'll be interesting, the dynamic, kind of once we get outside the political side and we talk about the policy side, yeah. which is another conversation, probably for another day, um, but with the now 5-2 to two D to R makeup on Erie County Council with a R County Executive and some of the polarity that's going to come with that and some of the pushback that's going to come with that. Um, I heard some of your show yesterday with yeah. the County Executive oh, and yeah. I, you know he made some interesting points on some of the... Uh, Stuff the messaging that's being sent there is just to be an anti-county executive vote. I would caution any elected official: uh, let's be Team Erie here and do what's the best of Erie, and not just because you don't like someone's political yeah. affiliation. Because when that happens, we all lose. Whether you're R or D, I say that. Yeah, that whole antipathy of that frustrates um, me as an Erie person. Uh, you know, of the county executive and really of uh, you know of the the council chair. Uh, Brian Shank going down in defeat here yeah. um, uh, in District Five. District 5. Again, the the difference maker there were the mail-ins. Uh, on on uh, election day, Shank actually wins by fourteen hundred votes, but not nearly enough to overcome the twenty one hundred loss on the, uh, on the mail. 
Yeah, that was my surprise. Everything else I pretty much expected as far as the county council seats. Uh, I did think just because of it, it is a red uh, district generally. Um, but, you know, he took it from Kyle Faust and just barely. I think it was like 500 votes he beat Faust four Less years that, ago. Think, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> maybe it's not as red, but I, on paper it should be a red district. So kind of surprised newcomer Drexel doesn't have a background in any of this stuff. Um, campaign well, apparently, uh, to convince enough voters. But I mean, again, you're in the political world. Mm -hmm. They spent over a hundred grand on negative digital ads. I mean, they had this guy targeted. They, they wanted to equate shank with Trump and election denying. And do you think that that ended up being effective or was that good money spent over bad? No, absolutely. It worked. So, I mean, you could, it depends on what the price tag is. If that's, if a. I mean, do you spend that kind of money over a county council seat? Well, that's what I was going to say is if it's of that much value to you, then yes. Uh, but to me, it, I mean, it's hard to put a dollar sign on what something like that's worth because it depends on what your, your motives are. But, you know, outside money coming in, we saw that in the last county executive race. We, most of the money from the current county executive's uh, opponent Right. Uh, came from not in the area. So it wasn't people from here. So I'm suspicious anytime I see outside money wanting to have an influence in our local uh, communities. So there's some reason to be cautious there. Uh, but it worked. So, yeah. The, um, so, you know, and then finally, uh, the, the uh, other incumbent in District 7, uh, ends up uh, squeaking out a win. Actually, she had a pretty substantial win. Ellen Schurman, uh, uh with 4,800 over uh, Lorraine Dolan's, or 4,900 over Lorraine Dolan's 3,800. Early on in the night last night, uh, Dolan was leading, but uh, yeah. it, you know, it was a pretty dominating performance in person. Um, people thought Sherman would would get hurt by that whole. Uh, situation out in West County, and she did with that with that deal. She did. Talk I actually that. talked to quite a few people on that who are of the uh, Republican persuasion, and they weren't happy with her. In fact, I had an individual today tell wow. me uh, who who lives out in that area, out in Fairview, and uh, said he's a Republican voter, but he he voted for the Democrat, uh, um, Lorraine Lorraine Dolan purely because didn't like uh, some communication issues that Showerman wow. is having apparently with some of the supervisors in, in several of those townships. Um, so, you know, she's got another chance to prove herself if she should she decide that she wants to stay for four more years, but she's in for now. Um, honestly, it shouldn't have been as close as it was, even though she still won handily by a thousand. With, by the way, we didn't mention kind of the spoiler candidate of... Yeah, the, Rita Bishop. Rita Bishop. 11 po- 11%. Playing the independent card, and mm-hmm. Bishop pulled in a uh, thousand votes yeah. day of. So, and if you combine, you know, those two together, by the way, <laughs> yeah. If 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 Bishop didn't stand an independent uh, challenge, you could make the argument that Dolan may have been able to beat Showerman. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If it was an anti-establishment kind of a vote, we have Jesri Friend with us, the political consultant. We're going over the. The results from last night. We got to talk about Erie count, City Council. I know that it was kind of yeah. decided in the spring, but these are substantial. Um, uh, these are substantial roles in our yeah. community's government. Uh, Erie Council, uh, the number one vote getter 
believe it or it was surprising to me, honestly, is Kathy Schaff. Hmm. This is the same Kathy Schaff who decided not to run for re-election last time around because thought she didn't have the stomach for the politics of of uh, city council. Ends up getting back on the ballot in the spring. And she ends up being the top vote performer in the fall. What's your thoughts on all that? People like Kathy. Yeah. Uh, I like Kathy. I she's, like Kathy too. She's very always nice been lady. very fair with yes. me. And uh, uh, and she's, I believe, and I think this is why it's reflective of some of her, is uh, I, it, it seems to me empirically that she's in it for the right reasons and not mm-hmm. for an alternative agenda, which I'm not sure can be said about some of the other candidates, which seem to have other... Uh, maybe not Erie's best interest, but, you know, larger national um, ideologies at play here where Kathy's an Erie person. She's yeah. all about Erie. And, and she knows a lot of people and she does that coalition building. There's a lot of folks who know her and she's got a good reputation. So uh, they, the voters of the city decide to give her a second chance. So hat tip to her for getting the most votes. I know there's a, there's a lot of love for Ed Brzezinski out there. Sure. He won on both the, the four-year and the two-year so we're assuming that he'll take the four year, and mm-hmm. I guess the the, uh, the conventional wisdom is that that the, they will assign Susanna Faulkner the Likely. end of that uh, that two years. Um, but um, and then Tyler Titus wins the third position here. I was a little surprised that Tyler got uh, you know the the least of the three Democratic votes, insofar as that in in the spring uh, they had. Uh, had a lot more turnout uh, than the other the other uh, candidates, and so I don't know. I, I I'm still wrestling, Jezri, about this whole concept of the Erie United wing, the yeah. the progressive the pretty, hard progressive left. hard left wing of the Erie County Democratic Establishment and the Tulio Bagnoni wing mm. that is still very powerful. I mean, Brzezinski, Brzezinski. I mean, let's <laughs> let's face it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kaz. Uh, I love I love uh, Kwiatkowski, you know. I mean, um, the treasurer Kwiatkowski. I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's a very, very efficient treasurer. I mean, but that wing seems. I mean, there. I don't. I'm not saying there's a struggle. There is, but but there probably is. There is. That's yes. why Kathy Schaff seemingly got out because she didn't want to deal with some of that. Yeah. I think. And then now I don't want to speak for her, but that's just as an outsider looking in. That was my assumption. Uh, and I guess I put like people like what Mel Witherspoon, although he's. He's done now. He didn't run for re-election because he was term limited. But I, you know, somebody like Mel is on is on the you know the older side, on the Tulio side, kind right. of thing, right? Kind of old school Democrats, yeah. or you know, some of those kind of politics are at play for sure. So we're looking at a different time. I mean, we didn't get into some of the st- other stuff across the state. We we're talking about some of this hard left. It's creeping in. Um, we see it oh, with definitely. self self. Uh, it just it's something that we've not experienced before. So look at the county council. Rock Copeland is a self described. Progressive, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Titus, progressive, uh, unapologetically, Drexel probably true, Drexel yeah. progressive, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, as a shot at them. This is by their own definition. And so, looking at you know some of the other races around the state, we saw in Allegheny County, the county executive now, former state rep Sarah Inamorato, um, was a card carrying member of the Socialist Party of America, recently denounced her, uh, you know, uh, uh, affiliation for the race. And she won by just over 2% in Allegheny County. That's wow. Pittsburgh, for those that aren't as familiar with your geography. That is crazy close, which shows yeah. that a Republican almost won that. But at the same time, now they have a 
socialist, uh, self, self-described socialist yeah. running the reins of county government down there. I've got a minute and a half. Um, real quick, Mill Creek Township Supervisor Jim oh, yeah. Bach retains his seat. Uh, but a tight race, 600 votes Tip out your there. hat to Jim Bach. That yeah. guy is a machine. I know him. He put in a lot of work for that mm-hmm. race. He knocked a lot of doors. He did some mail. Um, I, th- I think I got two pieces because mm-hmm. I'm a Mill Creek resident. Um, but I can tell you that was a nail brighter. Going in, the numbers, we were looking at some of the numbers coming in on that, and we figured um, – at 11.30, at that last one, he was down by 58, and we still figured there was about 1,800 votes not in yet. Wow. And I Yeah, it seemed like at the very end it surged. And yeah. I actually was talking with him, and I was like, hey, you're going to win this. Just wait. Be patient. Yeah. Um, it does. It's not easy to be patient when you see those things, and it shouldn't have been as close as it was. But that's interesting because he's an incumbent. Yeah. How, what do you think was uh, what fueled the, the, the comfort uh, campaign there? It's mixed because there's a lot of people who really like – uh, Jim's decision on the property situation down yeah. on West Sixth Street. Yeah. Um, and there's some people who are Eighth. upset about it. Eighth mm-hmm. Street, yeah. Mm-hmm. And referring to that corner of Eighth and Peninsula about uh, he voted against the other two four on raising those properties uh, in the hopes that it'll be developed with A, without a developer in the wings to develop mm-hmm. it, and B, at a really inflated price. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of voted against that because he didn't think that was just because there is no plan. And so some people liked that and some people didn't like that. And so I think the vote was a little bit of a referendum, those that were for and those that were against that. I don't want to miss any more important uh, stories. And again, I feel bad to the townships and boroughs where they had competitive races and maybe we didn't cover them. I Like I know, I feel like in green there was something going on. There was a um, lot of up to do with the Northwestern School District uh, uh, school board race. In fact, the last look, you know, you talk about the four-year and the two-year. Sam Ring won the two-year spot by five votes. Oh, my. Five votes. It was four wow. votes last night, five when I looked this morning. Um, so, again, when you talk about does your vote count, oh, you better believe it. You it, better believe it. It's interesting. Uh, in Erie, for Erie School Director, it was vote for five. Harkins, Amitangelo, Graff, Cooley, and Nichols, and uh, again, they were either Democrats or cross-filed as both. And the two Republicans, Troy Woodard and Zarika Zachariah Sharif, uh, went down to defeat on the four on the four-year deal. But the two-year term, Sharif uh, did win that because he was unopposed, and so he'll stay on on the board there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. You know, you got to vote for five out in Fairview. LaBeouf, what were you saying? Uh, was Oh, there's only two directors at large and in uh, uh, General McClain. The Democrats won the at General GM. McClain one was something that we were talking about yes. off air. Um, you know, that's generally a very red district. In fact, once upon a time, now I haven't looked at these numbers recently, but the Washington Township, which is just kind of north of Edinburgh, there, right. uh, is one of the heaviest or densely is populated in... Uh, Republican strongholds that Northeast and Springfield Township are like, if you're going to run a countywide race, you're going to hit up that area and you're going to have your representatives work in those polls. Mm -hmm. So I say that to say it's densely Republican. And yet we saw two Democrats win school board seats. Interesting for, for township council vote for three. It looks like, um, it was two Republicans, uh, for Washington township and uh, and a Democrat Republican. So in that case, on Township Council, it kind of went that way. Um, 
Fairview, LaBeouf, what was it was Northwestern, right? A lot of candidates at Northwestern for school director. And uh, there was even more in the primary. <laughs> Christy Bolte was, I know Christy. She was the top vote getter. Again, one on both sides. She Yeah, she was the only one that won on both sides. So that's kind of expected uh, for, for her to do that. Yeah. What are the big takeaways here? First off, what do you, are you getting any sense from results? This, and maybe we started this conversation that way, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll, we'll finish it. Is there anything here as we look at the whole uh, kit and caboodle for Erie County as well as for America? What are we learning from this election about 2024? Oh, boy. Uh, so 2024, uh, I'm learning that the Biden factor didn't play at all, okay. which I was surprised. Um, he is, I'm sure his team is very excited seeing how well Democrats did. But it's telling that just this week, these, you know, the New York Times and Siena never being ever claimed as a conservative outlet coming out with these numbers. Yeah. Uh, it, my maybe conspiracy theory in this, but it seems like a, a concerted effort amongst a lot of the talking heads are really talking up his, his unlikability and maybe some last ditch effort to get somebody else. But I will say he will be the candidate unless he chooses not to be the candidate. I keep on hearing from you know Dean Pepicello, who we call our political guru here, that 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 Biden will not be the candidate. And this will all come down at the election. Mm. If it comes down at the election, isn't that just mean like that, you know, you know, there'll be blood. And I mean, like people's faces will melt. I mean, that just sounds like such a contra- confrontational 1968 kind of moment. No, it's going to be more controlled. Um, there's no precedent for that. It's just not how these things work. Even if there's something crazy in the back end, it's all going to be figured out ahead of time. But so things to take was that yeah. wasn't used. Um, your vote matters. I applied the 35.43% of the registered voters in Erie County, all uh, 61,000 of you out of our 177,000 registered voters, and we have 273,000 actual residents. So to the other 100,000 not, we have about 100,000 not registered voters in Erie County, by the way. Wow. There's 100,000 eligible voters that aren't even registered, let alone participating. So when people say, oh, my vote doesn't count, you're darn right your vote doesn't count. It counts to an exponential of five. (laughs) So that's actually what the math breaks out to. So every time you vote, you're actually taking the four other people who decided, who made a decision not to engage in our democracy. I'm downright romantic, Joel, about the process, about government. I still have faith in the system. Um, uh, The other thing I want to mention, we didn't hat tip to the Erie County Election Board in the Erie County Election Office. Um, they had those numbers out very quickly, very efficiently. I thought the new systems they were using, um, I, there was, I haven't heard of any problems. Usually I'm getting texts all day. Ah, Jezri, Green Township, they're out to get me. Um, turned out I didn't get any of those texts yesterday. So maybe all's well that ends okay um, on that front. And by the way, uh, we're working through some of the counting just logistics of the mail-in ballots, 8 o'clock. Boom, they dumped the numbers of the mail-in ballots, and, and we had we knew where our starting position was. So hat tip to them and the staff uh, doing all that work. Can I do an editorial comment? I mentioned this yesterday. I mean, there's so, there's so much, um, you know, there's so much rancor and so much uh, hand-wringing hmm. about democracy dying in darkness, you know, attacks sure. on democracy and so on. You know, the biggest attack on democracy is this apathy. It really oh, yeah. is. It's, it's a self-inflicted wound. 
And so you want democracy, you got to participate. I th- honestly, I think we should be like the Iraqis and make <laughs> you put your finger in a in a bottle of ink that shows that yeah, more than a sticker that you are in it, your skin so is in the know, game. So then you then you know who didn't do it as well. Yeah, it's, it's hey, it. vote early and vote often. Remember Games of New York, <laughs> the. Uh, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis right. film, and he was having guys vote, get them out, go to the barber, and they were shaving them and going back. The guy won by like 20,000 votes, and there was only 8,000 registered voters. <laughs> I'm not encouraging no, that, but no, I'm saying, no. yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if that's, you know, dipping in ink is the way to go, uh, but I'm all, I, I'm open to conversation that would increase voter participation. Do you, um, do you think that Republicans, until they can get their mail-in ballot strategy down that they will be they will yep. be competing with the arm behind yep. their back 100 uh taking, until, taking sucker punches left and right until the republicans want to use the three-point line that we started about if yep. they, they want to be competitive and by the way in pennsylvania they're still making headwinds by the way i but it, statewide uh republicans are down four hundred thousand voters on day one so you're not just yeah, going they against, were making headway with this new uh, registration system. But also yeah. now there's a uh, headwinds on the independents. People are leaving yeah. um, the Republicans and more so the Democrats. That's what the numbers are saying. Are, uh, are you in favor of Dan Laughlin's uh, idea of having open primaries? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, no. Okay. And my reason being is I think there's a miseducate. You can disagree with me. I welcome your disagreement, but let me provide some educational context. I'm not a member of the Elks Club in Mill Creek. Right. So I don't have a say on who their leadership is right. because I'm not a member. I think there's misinformation on what the primary system is, what it's supposed to do, and what the creation of its purpose is. The purpose is to elect someone to represent your political right. ideology. So if you want to be an independent because you don't think the Republicans or Democrats have your best interests in mind or you find a home in there, I agree with you. You can't put... Uh, to, we can't paint the whole country into two buckets. It's completely mm-hmm. unfair. So I'm open to this independent uh, thing, uh, this this far middle, right, that's growing in America. Right. Um, however, I think it's disingenuous to say, well, I want to, if you want to play the spoiler person, take a registration and spoil the other political right. party then. But that's not what it's for. But I do agree with, so this is interesting though, without it though, with a growing independent party, um, we will see more polarized nominations from the Republican side and the Democrat side because the, the far middle is leaving the Democrats and they're leaving the Republicans for independence, all the while not playing ball in the primary process. So you have yourselves to blame for having these, these uh, far right and far left candidates that you think are not electable come general election. Pick a side, don't like them, but then participate. All right, we're going to let you go because you need to go take care of the kids. Uh, Jezri Fred, thank you so, so much for joining us for the show today. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Joel. And uh, go register to vote. Indeed, yeah. You need to participate. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>